Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Raggis and Jim Williams. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, is the voice, Jim Williams. What's going on, Jim? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. I'm munching on a delicious delicious chicken cheesesteak as we talk. It is the lunchtime hour here on the East Coast. Hopefully those of you on the West Coast are enjoying your breakfast food of choice. Uh, we have a lot to talk about here on this edition of the of the Hub, as the kids call it. The kids don't call it that. I just said that. So I kind of like that, though. I think we're going to have to make the kids start calling it that. You know the kids with their lingo and their... And their drug use. No, that's horrible. That's that's not what the kids do. <laughs> but actually, we are going to talk a little scholastic sports. It, it does factor into the show today because there are some local school systems that are doing things in terms of athletics that make you just say, what the bleep? Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, and like we're also going to talk about fanaticism. It's a big word, but in other words, what I'm trying to say is extreme fans that take it too far. We've seen this on a couple of levels, most notably in Houston, where people are outside of Matt Schaub's home giving them giving him the quarterback of the Texans a piece of their mind when they shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we have a lot to get to in advance of that, and we want you involved, gosh darn it! I don't mean you, John. We do want you involved, but we do want our listeners involved. Here's how you get in touch with us. First of all, we don't make mention of this enough times, but gosh darn it, I'm going to. We have a chat on the show page, okay? We have a chat room. Oh, that's a good piece of chicken. You <laughs> <laughs> like Keith Hernandez, man. You're always eating during the radio. <laughs> hey, hey. Well, I don't have the, the porn stash like... like. Uh... Does, does Keith still have the stash? I thought he shaved it. No, he shaved it. Oh, okay. Well, he lost the porn stash. Good man. Well, because you know what? The uh, food was getting stuck in it. So. Well, yeah, that, that that's kind of nasty to... Get the bristles in there and everything. No, we have a chat room uh, below the player on the uh, Sports Hub Radio main page for episode number 140. Uh, I'm there. John is there. We will take your chats. We will take your comments. We'll read some of them on the air. But if you have an opinion, if you have an insight you want to give us, give us a call, gosh darn it. 347-237-5373. Or click the... The, the pretty little S button, that's for Skype, boys and girls, and you can Skype on into us and let us know what you think. 2013. Hopefully everybody knows. Thanks in technology. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, like you said, we do have plenty to talk about today. Yeah, so let's get to it. And let's get to it. So we have to go first with the Monday night football game, Jim, and this was one we were not expecting with my New York Jets down in the Atlanta Falcons, 30-28, to 28, but the big story of this was... Geno Smith, who was named AFC Offensive Player of the Week today, going 16 of 20, 199 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a 147.7 rating. Uh, like I said, we didn't expect this. We both picked Atlanta to win this game, mm-hmm. and we kind of both said Atlanta would win it by possibly a couple of touchdowns, if not more. You watched the game. What did you take from it? Well, well, to say the very least, I was surprised. I was uh, uh, very surprised by the fact that, that the Jets stayed competitive in this game. I, I really sincerely was. The Falcons are just a mess right now. They are an absolute mess outside of Tony Gonzalez, who they really didn't even get the ball to in that game. Um, I mean, there's no running game. Matt Ryan is not Matty Ice anymore. It, it's a mess. And now you find out that Julio Jones is going to probably be out for the season with the 
a foot fracture or a foot a broken foot more or less. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. This this team is in dire straits right now. Well, not they even are. that. Julio Jones going out. Roddy White not looking good for this Falcons team at all, and they're really worried about his injury. Mm-hmm. The running game to me is awful. Don't know why you got rid of Michael Turner because guess what? Michael Turner could be helping you right now, and I know I say that a lot. But he absolutely could be. But he could be. But look, you look at the Jets' rushing game compared to Atlanta's running game. Jaquiz Rogers, 14 carries, 43 yards. Jason Snelling, 7 carries, 13 yards. Smith, 1 carry, 8 yards. But then you go over to the Jets now where I said, you know what, Mike Goodson's coming back. It's going to help them balance it out a little bit. 22 carries for four players, 118 yards. Mm. It helps. You know, like you say, Jim, all the time. Got to have that balance. 20 pass attempts by Geno Smith. 22 rushing attempts by the offense. If you're going to learn anything from this show, balanced offenses succeed. That's that's the only thing. And I know it sounds it sounds so stereotypical. It sounds so rudimentary, but yeah. it's fact. It's yeah. absolute fact. Anytime you're you're running the ball too much or passing the ball too much, it goes both ways. You're doomed for failure. Absolutely. You're absolutely doomed for failure. Now let's let's give some props to Geno Smith and the Jets for 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 showing up and then some. I mean, I, we we were talking back and forth during the game, and literally at halftime, I'm like, "Come on, John, you know you didn't expect this." And to your did. credit, you didn't expect. This. No, I did. I, I came right out and said it. If I would have expected this, I would have picked the Jets to win. Of course. And I did, because I honestly did not think that a rookie quarterback, especially one coming off a very, very bad game, was going to go down to Atlanta and be perfect. And stomp a mud hole in their butts. I, I didn't expect it. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Jets looked good. Atlanta looked better in the third. Thankfully, Nick Folk's 43-yard field goal won it for them. But you got to give props to the Jets' defense again. The Jets' defense kept this game a winnable game for the New York Jets. They absolutely, they absolutely did. Yeah, and it was, and of course, once again, I got to give props to the Jets front four. Muhammad Wilkerson is a beast with that huge, uh, you know, deflection off of Matt Ryan's, you know, bowl where you know what they got the fumble recovery. Damon, Damon Harrison, big snacks, man. Love the play of him. Sheldon <laughs> Richardson is a beast, which is great because as he got that sack, another uh, five tackles and another sack for Sheldon Richardson. A buddy of mine text messaged me and says, you know what? You were right. Sheldon Richardson is a beast because he is. Quentin Copples, no tackles, but he did have one quarterback hit. He didn't look that good this game. But you know what? They're keeping the pressure on, and that's re- what's really helping this New York Jets team this year. They're now 3-2. That's absolutely how you do it. 3-2. So. and two. I mean, honestly, who would have thunk the New York Jets at this point after week five would be 3-2 and two, and Falcons would be 1-4 and four, and the Giants would be 0-5? This is why we love the NFL. Because you never know what happens on any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday. No, absolutely not. And you know what? Another thing is, too, if Geno Smith keeps progressing, because he is progressing. He is, absolutely. There's I mean, no question about it. If he keeps progressing, he's getting better and better after we see. He bounces back from a bad game to have a good game. And you don't really see that from rookie quarterbacks. That's the sign of maturing. It absolutely yes. is. And and that's one thing that they were real worried about with Geno Smith was his maturity level. And so far... He is being real mature, and he's taking control of this offense. But if he could keep going, I could see Geno Smith two, three years from now being one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And you know what? For the Jets, that's re- that's that's a bright future. Oh, absolutely. So. You, you get no argument from me. I'm with you on that completely yeah. all the way. So kudos to the Jets. Like you said, they're 3-2. and two. Who would have thought? 3-2 and two Jets, 0-5 Giants this point in the season. You know, what next? Cats and dogs will mate. I mean, come on. Never know, it, man. It's, it's unbelievable. It's but unbelievable you know stuff. There's also one thing I have to say, too. Talking from Atlanta's point of view, Matt Ryan is doing everything he can. He had a good game. 36 of 45, 319 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 111 rating. He's doing what he can do, but okay. with no running game, and his wide receiver is just dropping like flies, what else can he do? Yeah, I mean... And the defense is not that great in Atlanta. It's, the defense leaves much to be desired. I mean, and they got some good players: Jonathan Babino, O.C. Uminyora, uh, Asante Samuel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got good players, but they're just underachieving. They're, they're underachieving defense. They're not cohesive at all. I'll make I'll make the comparison with a division foe of theirs. The 2013 Falcons to me are looking a lot like the 2012 New Orleans Saints. 
yes. in that Matt Ryan has to do everything, like Drew Brees had to do everything Correct. last year. And to an extent, Drew Brees still has to do everything, but he's got more talent around him, and he's got the coach back, and he's got uh, an incredible defensive guru to, to bail him out a little bit. But Matt Ryan doesn't have those things. He has, right now, legitimately one person to throw to, and it's Tony Gonzalez. Roddy White's not going to be even close to a number one guy. Rodgers is nothing. You know, and from there, it, 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 there's no way Atlanta finishes with it, with anything less than ten losses. No, and you know what? Now with Julio Jones out, who they go and get? There's really not that many enticing na- enticing names on the on the block right now. Terrell Owens. No. Unless no, unless they can work out a deal with Cleveland for Josh Gordon, I, 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 I just don't see how it Owens could I, could help this team. And the way Cleveland is trying to ride the wave of momentum, I don't see that happening anytime soon either. So, nope. even with Brandon Whedon at quarterback, but that's neither here nor there. No, so now do they try to go out and find a hidden gem, or do they – honestly, if they knew Julio Jones was going out, I'm, I'm, you know, I I think they would have taken a waiver on Ryan Spadola from the Jets, who they waived, but thankfully sure. passed through, and, you know, the guy could catch balls, so. Uh, they're screwed. That's what it comes down to. They're screwed. They have to deal with what they have within. Uh, that's all I can say. That's, that's all that the Falcons can do. Like you said – you take a look at, you know, who's available. Who is available? Really nobody. No. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to ultimately. So. Yeah, it's a shame. I, you know what, I, I really like Matt Ryan. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. And uh, unfortunately, you know, every time he does good, man, the team just looks bad. So. Yeah, and when he has lackluster games, the team bails him out. It just, there's no justice for the guy. Absolutely. No justice for Matty Ice. So, Jim, let's give a little update to our listeners on our standings. The battle between well, well, please do the battle between Jim Williams and myself, Jonathan Raggins. Jim and guess what? Versus Jonathan, yes. We both went ten and four this week, my man. And we both won different games, which is pretty cool. So we're both now tied on the season with a record of forty-six and thirty-one. We're doing damn good. I think what we're doing better than the guys on NFL Network. Better than the ESPN NFL countdown know-it-alls, quote-unquote. Yeah. And the winner of our uh, little uh, competition here gets a cheesesteak. Oh, okay. And Um, you already got it. Well, I've already got it, so (laughs) you've already crowned my butt. Okay, thank you very much. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Thursday night's game, Jim, and that is the 0-5. Yes, 0-5 New York Giants. Oh, Heading into Chicago to take on the 3-2 Bears. Chicago has the line... By eight, Jim. Where are you going with this game? And honestly, who do you think will win it? Uh, you know, this one might be over by halftime. Chicago has to win this game. They have more to play for than New York right now. Chicago's going to win this one. It won't be a runaway because it's going to be a because thir- it's Thursday night, so it's going to be an ugly win. Put you this way. If I the line set at eight for Chicago, if I was to bet, I might put some money on New York to to come in there and cover. Yeah, but uh, but I think the I think the Bears win this game. They just have they just have too much to play for. New York is lost right now. They are in the twilight zone. They Eli are. Manning can do whatever he wants. He can throw for 350 yards, but he'll throw for three or four picks. His offensive line is non-existent. The running game is non-existent. And then... The defense. To, to add insult to injury, well, the defense, too. To add insult to injury, the star wide receivers, the Victor Cruzes, the Hakeem Nixes of this team, they're dropping catchable balls like they did against the Eagles. If If the receivers even showed up against the Eagles. They could have won that game, but they did not. No. It's all falling apart at the seams. The good ship uh, New York Giants, the good ship Coughlin is down. It's all but sunk. They're going to go to 0-6. Chicago wins. Yeah, I'm going with Chicago as well. I think the Cutler to Alshon Jeffrey connection is really heating up. Yes, Alshon is. Jeffrey really showing that he could be a really good wide receiver in this league. Uh, also, when you talk just about defense and running game, I think on that alone, the Chicago Bears can win this game to drop the Giants to 0-6. So, Giants fans, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if I were you uh, if the Giants are 0-6 after Thursday night. So, yeah, I'm going with Chicago as well. Good. Great great pick. Great pick. Great pick. All right, Jim, it's time for a little MLB playoffs. A little MLB? <laughs> well, a lot. A little, well, we only had four games on Monday to recap, for gosh sakes. So let me quickly go through them, shall I? Shoot. After I swallow something, there we go. 
Told you I was eating lunch while I was doing this. Well, we start off uh, with the Tigers and the Athletics. The A's won on the road 6-3 to three, um, Monday, and that made it a 2-1 series lead for the Athletics. Um, Parker with a good game. Sanchez, not so much. Uh, three big runs. A big crooked number put up by Oakland in the fifth inning was the difference. We then go to the game in Pittsburgh. And I'm talking with a bunch of my friends during this because Michael Waka, 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 took a no-hit, no-run game into the eighth inning when it was abruptly ended on a solo home run by Pedro Alvarez of the Pirates. He buried it. Oh, my goodness. That was into the Allegheny. I I said to you right away on Facebook, like, what a way to lose a no-hitter. Oh, man. Yeah, and and to to the credit of the fans of Pittsburgh, they did give him a nice ovation. Although I think really they gave him that ovation because we want you to stay in. You're now our kind of pitcher. But that's just me. But St. Louis held down the fort and with a uh, with runners in, with a runner in scoring position, two outs, and McCutcheon at the plate. McCutcheon pops out to end it. That forces Game Five to one Cardinals one on Monday, and Game Five is going to be played tonight. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. We have a walk off one to talk about. Uh, in uh, Tampa Bay in uh, Game 3 of that series Monday night. The Rays beat the Red Sox 5-4, to four, and they did so thanks to Jose Lobaton. Not Louis Baton shoes, it's Lobaton. He hit a game-winning walk-off. I hate the term walk-off, by the way. Can I just say that? A game-winning home run into the Ray Tank in right center field. So that kept Tampa Bay alive for the moment. Uh, winning 5-4 to make it a 2-1 Boston series lead. The final of Monday's games, the Dodgers beat the Braves 4-3, and uh, that clinched the Dodgers into the NLCS. It came down to the eighth inning. Juan Uribe with a deep drive over the left field wall for uh, a home run. Uh, And uh, Uribe's job was uh, the difference. Brian Wilson pitched himself out of trouble in the eighth inning, and Man, he, he's he's a beast. Um, doing well with the Dodgers in the playoffs, I have to say, as a setup guy. So the Dodgers were the first to punch their ticket to the League Championship Series, beating the team with the best record in the National League three games to one in the series. They won game four of that series Monday night, four to three. Now we recap Tuesday's action in which there were two games. We go back to Detroit where the Tigers have forced game five. Max Scherzer is the story in this game, if you ask me. Here's a guy who pitched two innings of relief work after just a couple of days earlier pitching, you know, as a starter, and he got the job done there. This game is not without its controversy, though, because there was a home run that maybe should not have been a home run, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, you, you you saw this. Uh, was it a home run? That's that's the $64,000 question. It was, I believe, it was it uh, Martinez? Yeah, Victor Martinez hit a shot over the right field fence. Well, it looked like it was over the right field fence. A fan had reached over the fence, grabbed the ball. It was. Uh, was Tony Tarasco in there? Well, yeah, was was Jeff was the kid's name Jeffrey Meyer? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> uh, they went to instant replay. They did not overturn it. They said it's a home run because the kid, uh, the fan, whoever, had reached over, but. Judging by the trajectory of it all, it would have been over the yellow line by the time he grabbed it anyway. I don't know. But regardless, the Tigers end up winning that game 8-6, to and uh, they force a Game 5 coming up on Thursday night, which really ticks me off because it ruins my podcast schedule. But that's not important. <laughs> and then uh, uh, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, down one nothing in the sixth inning, going into the seventh inning. Boston hangs uh, three runs in the total in the seventh and the ninth combined, and the Red Sox punch their way to the American League Championship Series, beating the Rays last night by a count of three to one. So tonight, the first of two pivotal game fives in the division series matchup. It's Oakland, or excuse me, I take that back. It's Pittsburgh and St. Louis at Bush Stadium. Garrett Cole goes for the. For, I almost said Steelers. What's wrong with me? It's, like, uh, it's, it's easy, huh? Well, because black and gold. Black the Arizona Cardinals. Black and gold in that freaking town. Uh, Garrett Cole for the Penguins. No, the Pirates. Adam Wainwright goes for the St. Louis Cardinals. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Let's go Pirates. 
oh, let's go Bucks, let's go Bucks. I'm hoping that happens. And then tomorrow night, the aforementioned Game 5 between the Tigers and Athletics at the Odaco Sewage Treatment Plant, also known as the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. So, uh, high drama. Nothing better than a do-or-die game in uh, in the playoffs. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'll tell you, I... I think Pittsburgh can win tonight. Yeah. They've proven they can win on the road, but it's going to be tough against Adam Wainwright because he is uh, he Great is pitcher. the staff ace. Great pitcher. As for Tigers athletics, I... Did you think the A's and the Tigers would be tied up at two? No. Because you called this in what? In four, I, right? I think in four. I think yeah. in four. Yeah, you said uh, three-one Tigers. You said A's would get a, a game in this one. Yeah, and I'm surprised it's gone this far. We know that Verlander is going for the Tigers tomorrow night. The A's have yet to announce their starter, according to what I'm reading so far. (sighs) Bartolo Colon, it would have to be. You're probably right. I well, know. You know what? You got to give it to the Athletics, man. This, you know, with Verlander on the hill, Verlander having a real off season, this could be into their. You know, this could really help them. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. It's a pick'em game because Verlander is not the Verlander of old. You're absolutely right. So it's a pick'em to be. It's a pick'em to be. So fun to watch. Fun to watch on Thursday night. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Let me tell you. I gotta say, man, with Pittsburgh though, their GM's gonna have to be GM of the year. I mean, the stuff that he has done with this team, bringing in Clint Hurdle, this team is great. You know, and even if they lose this series, as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. You got to be so happy to know that this team is going to be good for at least the next few years. At least, probably longer than that. Yeah. I mean, they've they're young and they're talented and they haven't even reached their prime. Most but of these you know players. But the GM is smart. He's going out and getting good players. I mean, he knew right away they needed a boost. Let's go out and acquire a backup catcher and John Buck that we need, and let's bring in a guy who could either start or come off the bench and do some damage in Marlon Bird. And he went out with the Mets. And he made the trade, and he, you know what? They gave up a prospect. I know that they weren't really willing to give up, but he knew. Listen, we have a few years. Let's try to win it. If you're going to try to compete and try to win a championship in baseball, you have to sacrifice prospects at some point. You have to make the move that you're afraid to make at some point. Um, it's just a matter of the game and the nature of the game we live in. It's not forty plus years ago before the uh, Kurt Flood movement and everything. You, it's not just solely homegrown talent. You've got to mix in the veterans. You've got to mix in the utility players. You've got to mix in the role players, and that's what Pittsburgh has done like a fine wine. They've done it perfectly here. A great mix of the homegrown talent that's been in the system for the better part of six to eight years, yeah. and so on and so forth. And that's why I'm I'm excited for this team, and I'm excited for that city. I, I think, you know, good things are there, and, and I, I'll show a little bias from Philly. When the Pirates play well, it makes the Philly Pittsburgh rivalry that much better to me, because it's it, it's it's kind of a kibosh rivalry. But you know, it makes it makes things more interesting. I'm sorry, and I, I'm you know I love when the Phillies beat Pittsburgh, but it got to the point where it was old hat for the better part of eighteen twenty years. We beat them like like government mules. It's no fun anymore. Yeah, no. you know. Now, with the men's, on the other hand, that never gets old hat. Oh, sorry. Um, but, uh, but no, I'm happy for the people of Pittsburgh, and I hope for the best uh, tonight in Game 5 for the Pirates. Not the Penguins or the Steelers, the or, Pirates. Or the Arizona Cardinals. Or, or as you called them, I believe, the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, there you go. All the right, Chicago British. Cardinals, because you're so old school. I am old school. I am, I am. Okay, Steve Carino. All right. All right, 36 minutes left in the show. If you want to give us a call in to talk about anything we are talking about today, it is 347-237-5373, or you can join in on the chat on blogtalkradio.com slash 247sportshub, and you can also click the little blue S at top for Skype and connect with us via Skype. Be dialing, people. Be dialing. So now let's get into the hot topic today, Jim, Mm -hmm. and that is why – are people taking things too far in sports? And the main story we're going to talk about right now, and then, of course, we're going to get into some stories after that as well that, you know, ha- you know, have to do based around that subject, is Matt Schaub, mm-hmm. the Houston Texans quarterback. He's having a rough year. And this is a guy who's played very, very good for this Houston Texas team, uh, t- Texans team since he came there from the Atlanta Falcons years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the main reasons why Houston Texans – 
you know, make it to the playoffs, have winning records, and you know, you, you know, it is definitely matchup. So, story comes out today. Uh, actually, came out last night. CBS Houston reporting that angry fan showed up at Matt Job's house not only to tell him off, but to take pictures of his family. Mm. This is too far. This is ridiculous. I mean, as a person, as a human being who is a father, who is a husband, you know for a fact Matt Job had to be scared last night because who knows what these fans could have done. Were they fans with mental problems? Were they just crazy, or were they coming just for, uh, you know, just for giggles, just to uh, make fun of him and tell him how bad he is or whatnot? As a human being, he had to have been scared last night. Oh, absolutely. Now this, yeah. you know, this goes down to the problem where we, you know, we as fans. I'm not going to say you and I, Jim, but I'm just saying we as fans, we take things way too heavy in sports, and then we end up taking them too far. Oh, oh, there's always a segment of the population that does that. that no no question about it. Yeah. And this goes back to the beginning of time. I mean, people took it too far when it came to Jackie Robinson with the racial stuff. Yeah. They took it far too far. I mean, he's an athlete. He's not, you know, I mean, come on. People take it too far on a... Sadly, we're seeing this kind of story more and more. I mean... I'll give you the example here close to home. When Mike Trout comes home, and, and for, for the record, Trout of the Angels uh, does come back to Millville in the offseason and pretty much stays with the family in the offseason. You wouldn't believe the circus around his house. I'm not one who has done this. Trust me, I have respect for people's privacy. But the local papers here, the Daily Journal, the News of Cumberland County, you'll find many a story about fans just lining up outside his house to take pictures. And I'm saying to myself, for what? For who? Yeah. Give the man his privacy. And they posted they, it on Facebook. Oh, absolutely. And the same thing here with Matt Schaub. Listen, he's having a bad year. I get that. I, I get your frustration. I understand that. I mean, it's normal to be frustrated. But you know what? It's a game, okay? It's supposed to give you an excursion from whatever woes that are in your life. And the people and the fans who, who go this route and go to Schaub's house and do what they have done, it shows how insecure they are with themselves, quite frankly, and and how mentally unstable they are. Mm-hmm. This is a man who tries to make a living, okay? Yes, he makes an expensive living. He makes more than anybody should for playing a game, no doubt yeah, about absolutely. that. Absolutely. But... How would put put the shoe on the other foot is what I'm trying to tell you. How would you like it if you went to the copy? Uh, let's say this person, let's say this fan was uh, an office worker. Let's go office space here. Mm-hmm. Let's say he he broke the copy machine. Okay, how would he like it if somebody came up to his house in the middle of the night and said, "Ooh, you broke the copy machine," and berated him and such, and took pictures of him and his family? Probably wouldn't like that. You know? Oh, not at all. You know, it's it's just think before you do. Think before you act. It's. Uh, I feel for Shab. I feel for his family more so. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't have to be subjected to that. The other thing I'm thinking to myself is, this could have been easily been very premeditated. I mean, come on. The guy, this man went actually sought out his house. Yeah. He actually went online or went through some connections and some means to actually take the time to find out where this man lives. The authority should be called immediately on those grounds alone. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, even just, you know what, if supposedly there's a report coming out now from the Houston Police Twitter saying that there wasn't a group of angry fans, but there was somebody in their driveway taking pictures. Even based on that. That's incriminating enough. That is incriminating. Exactly. That's incriminating enough. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, the privacy right there. You know, just invading somebody's privacy on their property, which is trespassing. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Now, I'll also say this much on the other side of this. If you're making the kind of money Matt Schaub has, why aren't you having security? Why aren't you having some sort of secure means to to prevent people from... Yeah, I, I know some people are so hardcore, they'll find any may, way to slip through the cracks. I understand that. But, you know... Gate yourself around, you know, I'm not saying build a moat, although that would be kind of cool, I have to say. Yeah. But uh, where's the security on your end? I mean, you know, 
there's got to be a way. I'm sorry, this story just, I don't know if it depresses me or outrages me or both. Yeah. Just the fact that, that some sick individual, and again, this is not your stereotypical Houston Texans fan. Let's let's get that straight. Yeah. This is not your stereotypical football fan. This is a, a radical nut job who takes it to maybe maybe he lost a crap load of money because of Matt Schaub's antics. That's one of the theories going around. Um, to which I say, you're a degenerate gambler. Go f yourself if that's the case. But um, it's. It's mind-numbing to me, and it, 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 sadly, you see this story a little too often these days. Oh, absolutely. You know what? This is going to be matchup. Well, it is. This is matchup seventh season with the Houston Texans. He's been there since 2007. He's thrown 122 touchdowns in 86 games. He's got a 90.9 quarterback rating. I mean, he's been good for Houston. But remember, remember... What have you done for me lately? That's the society we live in. There you go. Now, that's the whole thing of being a fan in today's sports. It's the what have you done for me lately. It's not like years ago when fans were a fan of a team that has been consistently bad but have still stuck by them, still stuck by their players, still love to go to games, still rooted for them. Now it's always constantly booing a team, booing a player, attacking them in the press, attacking them on Facebook, attacking them on Twitter. And you know what happened? The media dictates this a little bit. I mean, oh, there's no about question it. about it. No question about it. The media dictates this, and you know what? The, the times we live in. You go back 20 years ago, fantasy football wasn't around. No. Maybe this guy was a a, a PO'd fantasy football player or somebody in one of those office pools, those survivor pools, and yeah. and and really wanted to exact their revenge. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds far fetched, but look what the guy did. That's ridiculous and far fetched too. So you have to throw that, you know, theory out there. Um, it's just, uh, it's sickening. It's insane. It's it, insane. It takes, it takes fandom, it, it, and it makes all of us as fans look bad. Even though you know better, I know better, 99.9% of the people who are listening who are fans of football or baseball or whatever sport you want to be a fan of know better. It paints us all in a bad light. You know, it's the it's the one bad apple spoiling the whole bunch theory. Where this guy or or girl, whoever, who 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 did this, you know, you wonder are fans really like that? Does it paint you know Houston Texans fans in a bad light? So on and so forth. I mean, you know, it, you know, it, it goes back to the, you know, to everything where. You know, the one guy with the flyers, the fan, he beats up a New York Rangers fan who just came out of the army and whatnot, and then all of a sudden it sheds a light on Flyers fans that they're all terrible. You're a Flyers fan. Our good friend Brooklyn Lane is a Flyers fan. We're all great friends. We've been friends for years. Mm-hmm. We get to talk hockey, and we're realists, and we have a great time talking hockey. We don't attack each other. Look I know the Monday show, for God's sake. I know. I know a ton of Philadelphia fans who are great, and you know what? I, I'm going to say it. Philadelphia is a great sports city. Sure, it is. But unfortunately, too. when you have 100 good fans and 10 take it too far, those 10 shed the bad light on those 100 good fans. It, and it's a it, damn it, shame. Because, yeah. you know, and that's just like New York. There's a ton of jerk fans in New York. Sure. There's jerk fans in every sports city, but it's the ones that take it too far are the ones that bring that fan base into the news for all the wrong reasons. Same thing like the Dodgers and Giants fans. Now, one's stabbing another, one's killing the other. It sheds poor light on the fans that go to enjoy the game, go to enjoy these players, and go to have a good time. It's a damn shame. It absolutely is. There, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. There are bad fans in every in every market in this country. Yeah. The overwhelming majority are good fans who who get it. They get it. It's an excursion. It's recreation. Other people take it way too seriously, and they need to uh, chillax, as the kids say these days. Absolutely. Now, I, I, we're going to stay with this now. Um, mm-hmm. We have another story here that you know kind of goes with the whole fans taking it too far. Excuse me. And then we're going to have two stories of school systems taking it too far. Oh, boy. So let's get to this one. Uh, in a Pittsburgh area bar last night, a couple of nights ago, I'm not sure exactly when, there was a couple of people debating who is better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And 
it led to a stabbing. Yes. A Michael Jordan-LeBron James debate led to somebody being stabbed. Here's another case of things taking it too far. Uh, just related to this story, I was talking to our very good friend, uh, former NBA champion with the Houston Rockets, Chucky Brown, the other day. And he was talking today uh, about the Matt Job story, and I sent him this link about the LeBron James-Michael Jordan debate. And I said, hey, we were just having this debate a few days ago. Of course, we both picked MJ, and I'm going to write a little bit about that uh, pretty soon on 247sportshub.com when we launch it. So you'll you'll read it done. But we were talking about it, and I said, hey, Chuck, take it out. We didn't stab each other. Hmm. You know, what would possess somebody to get into a debate about two people they don't even know on two teams they probably have rarely seen in person leading one to stab any other? Deep-seated issues. <laughs> that's, it, that, that's it. It's insanity. This is not... I, I mean, you know, this is not a, a, a real fan. This is not a person that isn't sick. To me, this is sickness. It, I mean, this this verges on the territory of being mentally ill. If you're, you have to be of some unique convictions to even think about stabbing somebody. Yes. For for any reason, for God's sakes. Absolutely. I mean, especially over a debate on two sports players. Yes, Some where there is no right answers. answer. There is no right answer. Okay, the right answer is Michael Jordan, but technically there is no right answer. <laughs> but see, no, listen, if you and I got into a debate, Jim, mm-hmm. and you said, well, you know what, I think uh, Eric Lindros, well, I'm just using that for example because I, I really don't know who to throw out there right now. I think he was one of the best hockey players ever, and I come in and I say, no, I think Mark Messier or Adam Graves was. I'm not going to stab you for thinking Eric Lindros was. Mm-hmm. That's your opinion. You know, exactly. but I guarantee you, these two people who did this, they had no clue about stats. They had no clue about the way defense was played back then when MJ played, and the way defense is played now with LeBron James. I guarantee you, they didn't throw anything out. They probably would base it on championships and teammates alone because they have no idea about anything. Need to ask you a question: Where did this occur again in Pittsburgh? In in what setting? Uh, at a bar. There you go. I think I think the real stat you want to find out is blood alcohol content. You know, you could throw that in there too. But I've been to plenty of games where I have got, I've got drunk. I didn't turn around. I didn't puke on people. I didn't slap people. I didn't stab people. I didn't push people over the escalator banister. I I've never done anything. In fact. I was able to sit there and continue talking to fans from other teams, and we had a great time. Yeah, of course. You hurl insults at each other, but it's in good taste. We had fun. After the game, we said, hey, hopefully we'll see you at the next time they play. See you later. Good luck. Mm -hmm. See you later. It was fun. To me, me, that adds to being at the sporting event. When you can talk to fans of an opposing team, you can say, oh, my team's better. No, my team's better. And you can laugh about it. You have a good time. A team hits a – you know, the opposing team hits a home run. They razz you. Our team hits a home run, re-razz them back. That's sports. But when you right. take to the level of people are getting hurt, physically hurt, even killed, yeah. it's disgusting. It, there's no excuse. I mean, yes, you know, let's say it's a, it's a Mets-Phillies game and the Mets win a grand, on a grand slam walk-off home run. You'll, you'll give me the business, and I expect that. And I'll tell you, go shut up, go screw right. off, whatever. You know, I'll I'll get that jab in at you, and for like a few minutes, I'll be down and upset or angered or whatever. But in due time, life takes over, and there are bigger fishies in the sea. Uh, people, absolutely. people don't see the big picture of things. Yeah. Some people just don't see the big picture, and the big picture is it's a game. And it's, it's meant a to freaking be fun. game. It's meant to be fun. Yes, it's it's like I said from from Jump Street with, with these two stories. Sports are a diversion; they're an excursion from everyday life for three hours or three and a half hours or however long the game goes. It's an escape from the good or the bad in your life. You had a sucky day at work. You go to the game or you watch the game on TV, and you have a release. That is what sports are, at least to me, a release. 
Not a release to stab somebody because they don't agree with you. Not to stalk somebody and go after them like the paparazzi because they suck the big one in a game. Okay, yes, all well and good that they aren't playing well. Don't kick them while they're down. Don't go after them and endanger their families. You know what? Turn yourself in. You're the person who's the problem, not them. They're trying to make a living. Again, how would you like it if you were in that position? You wouldn't like it if your family was being Absolutely stalked not. and accosted. I mean, good Lord. Now what? You know what? If Matchup came out and, uh, you know, it's Texas, I'm sure he's got a gun in his house. And what if he yeah, came yeah. out and shot these uh, fans for trespassing and, uh, you know, taking pictures of his family and his kids? I mean... What now? What you know? They're gonna turn around saying how bad of a person Matt Chubb is because he fired on on innocent fans. No, you trespassed on his property. And, and you know what? The media will vilify him if he ever does that. But I hate to say it because I'm I'm not a nonviolent person by nature. He would have every right to. When, when you go oh, on, absolutely, he would have every right to. Nope. Well, no, I mean, you 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 mess with somebody's livelihood. You you mess with one person individually, that's one thing. But if you bring families into this, all bets are off. All bets are off. And, yeah. It's, I mean, listen, man. If, uh, me alone, I'm not an athlete. I'm nobody famous. If somebody was taking pictures of my kid on my property, they wouldn't be leaving my property. No. And uh, yeah, exactly. that's the honest to God truth. Because, you know what? You can take pictures of me. I don't care if you take pictures of me. That is fine. If you're going to take pictures of my wife, you're going to take pictures of my children, then it's a different story. It's voyeuristic is what it is. Because listen, Matt Chubb is Matt Chubb. He's out there. He's famous. There's he's, a, he's in the public eye. Exactly. He's in the public eye. There's millions of pictures floating around of Matt Chubb on the internet today. Mm -hmm. There is none of his kids or his wife. And there shouldn't be any of either. Especially by Houston Texans fans. All right, let's go into uh -huh. school systems taking it a little too far, and uh, this story kind of messed up. A high school student was disciplined and threatened for quoting announcer Gus Johnson's line of, he's got get-away-from-the-cops speed during a game. I'm going to leave this one to you, Jay, because you're our announcer extraordinaire. You're up on all of this stuff when it comes to announcers and broadcasters and whatnot. You read this. What did you think of this? First things first, if I may start this on a lighter note, you had to play the appropriate Ahmad Rashad clip because you know Gus Johnson's my main man. Okay, yeah. you won't. Black Cat, MJ, Michael Jordan, my main man. There he is. <laughs> Gus Johnson's my main man. You know this. He is my brother from another mother, as the kids would say. I think I'm getting myself in trouble by even saying such things. But, okay, let's be serious now. It's even a play-by-play -play call that Johnson himself had to apologize for. I mean, and it was innocent enough. You know, he he didn't mean it in a racial term when he referred to Chris Johnson as such. In fact, the, in fact, the running gag was people were like, "Oh, casual fans who don't know who Gus Johnson is, man, that's racist of him to say uh, he's black." What he is? I remember reading enough of those comments on YouTube after the call was made. Yeah. Nah. That being said, he you know. But but he's made a career off that call and calls like that. In fact, that's in Madden 12, if I'm not mistaken. The getaway from the cop speed line was recorded by Gus. Of course. Now, people in this society that we live in today take things way too damn seriously. No doubt about it. Okay? They take things... I, I mean, I understand. We're, we're in a not political correct society. I get that. But for the love of Pete, come on. It's just, it, it's, uh, it, it, the kid did nothing wrong, okay? He's not saying, oh, he's got to get away from the cop speed. That means he must be a, a, you know, he must not respect our authority. He's not, he, he's not decrying or saying criminal actions. He's not promoting anything. Come on. Yeah. He's having exactly. a little harmless fun. Give me a break. Exactly. And then you want to go next level when it comes to scholastic sports. There is a middle school not too far from where you originally hailed from. Not too far. Long Island, New York, Port Washington, to be precise, has banned the following things from their uh, physical education department and from, from sporting activities. 
footballs, baseballs, games of tag, cartwheels, etc. Now, uh, this is the Weber Middle, Weber Middle School in Port Washington. They decided that too many students are getting hurt during recess. Oh, oh, the tag. Oh, you tagged me and hurt me so much. Oh. And now you know why our children of today are turning into pansies. Listen, Sorry to say it, and that's yeah, not well, to insult we'll, anybody I'll, who's I'll doing I'll say uh, pansies, and I'll, I'll raise you one if you, I'll raise you another P word if you want it. No, no, no. It's the wussification of society at its well, finest. Hey, listen, uh, me, being the sports fan that I am, being, you know, I, I love it. I love taking my nephews outside and playing basketball and baseball, and they fall, they get hurt. Guess what? So did I. You get broke, you get bloody noses, you get cuts, you get scrapes, you get bruises. That's what growing up and being a kid is all about. Now, if I was a parent and my kid was in Weber Middle School in Port Washington, New York, and they told me this, my kid would be leaving this Weber Middle School and going to another school because I would not let my kid go there and not be able to be a kid and grow up. Now, the difference between that is you would not be going to the principal's house. You would not be taking photographs. No. You would not be stalking their families. I would try to set up a meeting with this uh, school superintendent as well as the PTA and the principals. Where's the board of education? Listen, I'm sorry, but most, you know, the superintendent, the principal, I'm sure they got to be anywhere from 45 to older. Yeah. Where when they were kids... They used to throw rocks during games. You know, you know what? They didn't get hit with a rock. I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I think the people who made this ruling were the people who got picked on at recess every day of their life. That's what it comes off as to me. They were the ones who were last picked for dodgeball or for kickball. They were the people who were last chosen to play baseball or football. They were the uh, the wallflowers, if you will, at the dances. I'm going to one-up you on this. I wouldn't even be shocked if this wasn't the school's idea, but it was the parents whose kids were getting hurt coming to the school Giving them grief over this, why I don't want my kid doing this anymore. I don't want, because that's what I see every day from parents today is I don't want my kid doing this because he got hurt. I'm sorry to tell you, but unless you bubble wrap your child, bubble boy, you get hurt in school or playing with his friends. You can get hurt falling over yourself walking from class to class. Oh well, I guess we have to outlaw changing classrooms. We can't do that now. We have to outlaw walking. Everybody in a hover round going from class to class. Oh, but the hover rounds might blow up. Let's all yeah. Where do you draw the damn line is what I'm trying to say. I mean, seriously, you're banning not only footballs and baseballs, but games of tag and cartwheels. I, I, I don't know a kid when I was a kid or even now. I don't know a kid who's attempted to do a cartwheel. Um, you every, could... every kid does cartwheels. Sure. Uh, well... Uh, I didn't, for obvious reasons, called gravity and size. But hey, I get yeah. what you're saying. I knew some big kids that could do cartwheels, man. Uh, cartwheels, man. Well, okay then. I mean, <laughs> listen. What, what next? You're gonna bal- You're gonna throw away the balance beam, and, and like you know, uh, or what have you? I remember one of the first injuries I got as a kid. Somebody dared me to go up on those little uh, balance beams. You know, the ones that. Uh, they have a plank of wood, then another plank of wood a little higher, another plank of wood a little higher. You try to balance your way all the way across. I twisted my ankle on that. Missed a week's worth of school because I was a klutz and my yeah. ankles have never been good since. Yeah. Did I sue the school system? Did I say, you should get rid of the balance? No, I sucked it up. I manned up. I got we, a grew up in a, we grew up in a different time, and I never thought I would say that or be the age where I would be saying that. The 1990s were a different time. How sad is that? The late 80s and early 90s were a different time. I mean, yeah. I remember to when I was out in the street all day until the street light came on and that when I knew to come inside. I would, sure. summer, I would be out from 7 in the morning till 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Filthy, getting sweaty, getting dirty, playing soccer, football, baseball, manhunt, stoop ball, whatever you name. And guess what? I came in with cuts. I came in with bruises. I came in with dislocated, jammed fingers. And guess what? I would love to do it over again. I would love to go back and do the same thing. And I want the kids to be able to experience that. Yeah, and apparently uh, this school system would not want your parents to have done that kind of stuff with you. Like my... I remember many a time growing up, Dad and I would play outside. We'd shoot hoops. We'd play uh, 
make it take it as it will on the on the makeshift basketball court outside our uh, outside our property here. Now, by the logic of uh, Weber Middle School's uh, superintendents and what have you, that would mean my father was an ill-fit parent because he left me out there to potentially get injured, jam my finger somehow, or or cut myself if I fall on the pavement. I mean, good, good God, you people, screw off. Absolutely. You know what, John? Sorry. John Leary said it right now. You know, even to us just talking about it, he goes, what, you mean you weren't on the World Wide Web machine? And it's the truth. You yeah. know, it's, it's you know, kids rarely play sports today. It's video games and whatnot. And you know what? I got to quote, uh, you know, Phil Robertson from, uh, you know, you know Duck Dynasty. He said it's, you know, kids today, digital dementia. That's exactly what they have, and it's the truth. So, Well, I have digital dementia at this age right now, quite frankly, too, so I can kind of relate to that. But... But but you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the the good old days of you know, playing outside, yeah. kicking a ball with friends. Oh, but but you might stub your toe and you might hurt little Johnny in the head. You know what? Uh, name one person who, when they've ever played with a football, has never jammed their finger. You can't do that because that goes with the territory. It's an oblong football. You're never going to jam your finger in. That happens. You know what? You get a splint on it, maybe a little popsicle stick thing, something like that. You keep it straight. You're, you're fine in a day or two. It's Absolutely. all good. Absolutely. Suck it up and man up, people. Yeah. Let's you know what? Let's move on to another school. Let's go up to high school now, from middle school to high school, Jim. It's no better. It's no better. Uh, Post game handshakes after high school sports games are being banned in Kentucky. And I'm going to read this line here. I'm not entirely sure who it's from. Oh, it was a statement from the Kentucky school system. And I quote, While it is an obvious sign of sportsmanship and civility, many incidents have occurred both in Kentucky and throughout the country where fights and physical conflicts have broken out. And this is not restricted to specific sports. In our state alone, incidents in soccer, football, and volleyball have occurred this fall. It is disappointing that this action has become necessary, but enough incidents have occurred both in our state and in others that the necessity has arrived. End quote. So here's where I'm wrong on this. You're going to take, excuse me, this is where I'm pissed about it, let me say. You're going to take sportsmanship and civility away from kids who, are, who, who respect their counterparts because of the very few who start fights during these incidents. Yeah. I, you, you know what? Let's just ban sports altogether. That'll be the simple thing. Oh, ban wait, sports no. and ban sports oh, altogether. Uh, I just thought about it. I just thought about it. We can't ban sports because they make money for these people. That's right. If, if they could, if they, if sports weren't a money-making endeavor, and let's not kid ourselves, especially football and basketball at the scholastic level are money-making licenses to print money for schools. It's just a fact. Not even that. When you go down south, Jim. Oh, for God's sake, yeah. College sports is so much bigger than professional sports. And you know what? To me, it's these kids learning from their parents down south that, you know what, it's High school football and college football, nothing else. If you don't play, it, it's 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 like Armageddon down there. Friday night lights. Friday yeah. night lights. So you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if you know what what's going on with these kids in these incidents reflect from their parents. Well, obviously, that I think you you hit the nail on the head sorry, yet again, John. What? Listen, when you lose, you lose. You win, you win. There should no there, especially in a handshake line. There is no room for a fight to break out, especially as a high school student. When you see adults do it, that's because they're stupid. Or drunk, or both. Drunk. But a high school game, come on. And, I, and I've seen it happen in person a couple of times. I've seen fights break out, you know, during games uh, from, from from the crowds. From the ghetto, man. I've, I've seen that many times. And it's even back then. in New Jersey, yes, ghetto, yes. Yeah, I mean, even then, it's, you know what? There's no room for it, man. You move on, man. Get ready for the next. And how you're, you talk about taking the handshakes out? How are these kids going to learn what sportsmanship is about if you're taking sportsmanship away? They're not. Thank you. They're not. I mean, they, they, like you said, they're taking it away. You just took sportsmanship and civility away from high school students. Shame on you, Kentucky. All right, let's get into a couple of... They should secede from the union. Anyway, go ahead. Absolutely. Let's get into a couple of uh, little things here real quick on the professional side. We have six minutes left in the show. Chipper Jones and the Braves. <laughs> we think that this would be a, a, a relationship, a bond and a marriage that could never be broken. But guess what? The Braves players boycotted Chipper Jones' 
ceremonial first pitch. Why? Because Chipper Jones picked the Dodgers to win the NLDS. Yes. They boycotted Chipper Jones because he thought the Dodgers were a better team. You know what? I, I, I guess if you can uh, look at high school sports and middle schools doing everything, what's going on with the Braves, man? A little jealousy here? A little childish tantrum? Apparently, just because you were a player for a team for your whole career, uh, once you retired, you were still with that team. You were still associated with that team. And you're not allowed to think outside the box or have an opinion. You must speak, apparently, the company line 24-7 for the rest of your life. He went on. This stems from the fact that he went on the air before this. Yes. And predicted uh, on the Braves' flagship station that the Dodgers would win the series in four games. Oh, what did the Dodgers do? Anybody? Anybody? Huh? Just baseball. When Chipper Jones says it, take it to the pay winder, if you will. So, no player volunteered to catch Jones's first pitch because of that. So he, you know, and, and Chipper had a uh, had a nice one-liner on Twitter. A pair of them. One effect, the Braves organization for having me throw out the first pitch to the mascot tonight. Quite sure that's never been done before, nor will it ever happen again. Yeah. So uh, maybe he's. Uh, I. You know, one of the greatest players in Braves franchise history, and just because he picked the opposing team to win in the playoffs, you they know, basically I, turned their back on him. And they threw him under the damn bus is what they did. Yeah. And listen, I, being being naturally a Phillies fan, I don't like the Braves from Jump Street, but I really have disdain for them now because of this. I mean, come on. This guy was the reason you guys won a championship in 1995. He was one of the principal reasons why you had so much success, and you throw him under the bus it's it's almost as if the people, the fans of that town, and there are and no disrespect to the good, loyal Braves fans out there, but a lot again, just like we mentioned before, the minority takes the place of the majority in the uh, eyes and perceptions of many. The fans who don't show up to playoff games, the fans who don't show up in the middle of the season, you know, it's like they're running the franchise, and they just, you know, are so emotionally sensitive. Give me a bleeping break. I, I mean, honestly, the Braves just turned their back on Chipper Jones in his 19-year yeah. Atlanta Braves career. It's like, oh, disgusting. look at everything you did for us. Screw off. Yeah, absolutely disgusting, man. I mean, you know, Chipper Jones was one of the key parts, if not the key part, of why this Braves team consistently made it to the playoffs in the 90s and were one of the best NL teams and, and one of the best MLB teams. So, Wait, Way to change your perception there, Atlanta. Stay classy. Temper change them, and that's why our kids are screwed up because, you know what? And they it look all up comes these, back to the – it does. It really does. They look up to these guys as role models in these teams, and they do temper change. I'm not a role model, Nuggethead. Well, let's look at another role model, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Oh, I say oh. that. So sarcastically, announced yesterday that the league's at, at the league's full meeting in Washington D.C. recently. That guess what? The 2014 season, three more games in London. Okay, uh, let me let me let me ask you this question. Do you remember a show called The Richard Bay Show? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to do a Richard. I'm going to quote Richard Bay here from his show because it's appropriate when it comes to Roger Goodell and how he got his job. It's appropriate. Absolutely. Come on. Three games in London? Are you serious? The Jaguars, just move them there. Just move the Jaguars to London and be done with it. Just move them. Move them. Move them. <laughs> this is stupid. If I was the ownership of the Atlanta Falcons and the Oakland Raiders, and especially the three teams, once they get word that are going to have to travel there to play against these teams, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I'm losing revenue from this. Not I'm only that, millions of dollars in gate because of this. To me, it's a slap in the face to the fans here. Exactly. That they can't see their team at home, or even the fans that like to travel to see away games. Slap in the face to them. Who the hell's gonna go to England? They don't even have good food. Uh. Fish and chips forever. Come on. Sausages and mash. I'm sorry for yelling. I apologize. No, but it's 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 ridiculous. It is. And I'm sure we'll uh, hear more about the NFL trying to uh, move teams to England or even move the league to England eventually. And we'll get into that more in future episodes. We're going to become the Premier League. Good God. <sighs> Manchester United and Man City in the NFL. 
Well, that's it here for the hub. I like that. The Hub. We're going to start using that from now on. 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And, yes, if you are a parent, please let your kid go out and get scrapes and bruises playing sports. It's better for them. They learn a lot more. Get them away from the video game systems. And for the state of Kentucky, once again, shame on you, as well as Houston Texans fans that are stalking Matt Job. Disgusting. Disgusting. For, so for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all Friday. I'm going to take my pack so I feel better now. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.